Hi, I'm Sean Lukasik, and you're listening to the Secrets in Service podcast, nonprofit stories from the Southern Finger Lakes. I'd like to thank our sponsor, Arbor Housing and Development, for making this possible, and the Corning Area Chamber of Commerce Nonprofit Roundtable for pulling this whole project together. The music you're hearing was recorded and provided by the Orchestra of the Southern Finger Lakes. In this episode, we talk with Sean Smith, who is part of Casa Trinity through his program, AIR Southern Tier. AIR stands for Adventures in Recovery, and the program seeks to empower those in recovery to build their community, discover their inner strength, and find their recovery path. So I'm really excited to share this conversation with you. Here is Sean Smith. So, Sean, I'm really excited to meet with you today and, and to talk about Adventures in Recovery. Um, and I'd love to hear in your own words um, a little bit about the organization and how long it's been around and the background and everything. AIR um, came into being in 2020. Um, we started hosting outdoor events July, just about a year ago. Um, outdoor events, hiking, biking, kayaking, park workouts, um, as tools, we use these things as tools to provide human connection. And that's what AIR is all about, facilitating human connection. Um, we, we use all these things. Um, uh oh. <laughs> so AIR is a community of peers dedicated to providing human connection. Um, we use all these tools hiking, biking, kayaking, um, the outdoors, art, music, anything you can think of to provide that connection. Um, and uh, starting it in the middle of 2020, like talk about, was that, was like everything going on in 2020, was that a catalyst for starting this or did you already kind of have it in the works? So we actually started in 2021. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, so with, with the, the, pandemic um everyone was isolating you know you, you just stayed at home there was no community yeah. you know people get caught up on their cell phones on social media trapped in their own cage um and and don't connect i don't know if you've ever heard about the rat park study no um so the rat park study was done back in the 60s or 70s and they took a rat put it in a cage, two samples of water. One was straight water. The other one was water laced with heroin or cocaine. 100% of the time, the rats would go for the drug laced water and die. Same study, multiple rats, big cage. It's a rat park, rat wheels, rat ramps, things for the rats to do. Same two samples of water. And what they found was nearly 100% of the time, these rats would go for the straight water and live. And that's powerful, yeah. you know? Um, and especially with the pandemic, you know, we're, we're in these self-made cages. We're forced to isolate. Um, and coming out of the pandemic, a lot of us just got comfortable with that isolation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you don't even have to go to the grocery store. You can Instacart everything. So you're just in your cage. And the, the pandemic, what it did 
for people in recovery and people who struggle with addiction, um, the number of deaths and relapses just shot way, way, way up. Yeah. So coming into 2021, we knew that we needed to recreate this community. Um, and we use all these tools as a means to connect. Yeah, so what is it about these particular activities in being outdoors and, and you know, you mentioned like um, art and music and, um, and hiking and that kind of stuff. What is it about these activities that um, is particularly appealing for people in working on recovery or um, in that part of their life? So I'm a person in long-term recovery. And when I was first getting sober, I didn't equate sober with fun. Like those two words were never mentioned in the same yeah. sentence. Yeah. Um, what we do is we show people what recovery can really look like. Um, when you're coming into recovery, it's a huge daunting task in front of you. you you're supposed to never drink or use drugs again. Mm -hmm. And you know, this was your means to survive in the past, your means to cope. Mm -hmm. um, coming into recovery and coming into air, you walk through the doors and you have these peers who say, you know, walk through this and we'll walk with you. Our, our tagline is walk through fear, mm -hmm. you know, coming into recovery. I was scared. Like I, I didn't know how to live like this. You're telling me I need to change people, places and things. How do I do that? Yeah. And so we offer people as soon as they walk through the door, the opportunity to change all those things. Um, and we do this through nature, through fitness, through art, through music. Mm -hmm. You have people who have walked that road um, that have uh, any number of years sober. Um, and they guide you along the way. They say, look, this is possible. I've done it. Yeah. Um, you can too. Let's go for a walk. Yeah. You know, totally. And and people just open up when they're out in the woods. And uh, this is a podcast, so people won't get to see you. Maybe you know, we'll we'll put a picture of you and and share a link to the organization um, on the podcast notes page. But um, the reason I say that is because you're a guy who's in great shape. You've got a hiking dog here with you today, um, and others at home. It sounds like uh, we were talking about hiking in the mountains before we started recording. Um, so share a little bit about your background and maybe your connection with those activities before this, um, before this organization even took, took hold. So <clears throat> I am uh, a 20 year army veteran. I'm a retired army ranger. Um, I came back from overseas and I struggled. Um, I came back from Afghanistan and I used alcohol as a means to escape what I was feeling. I didn't know what was going on with me. I just knew something wasn't right. Mm -hmm. um, and so I became a daily drinker um, and eventually an all day daily drinker. Lost everything, mm -hmm. lost my home, lost my relationships. Um, and the hardest thing for me to do was ask for help. You know, being raised in the military and in that environment, you're supposed to be tough enough to handle anything. Yeah. And I was, I, you know, I, I had gone through Army Ranger School, one of the toughest schools in the military. Um, but I wasn't able to stop drinking on my own. Um, and it was so hard for me to reach out for help. And I think that's the case with most people. You know, they want to figure this thing out on their own. And 
good luck mm-hmm. if if you if you decide to take that route and do it on your own i i just don't see how you can be successful um i needed people i needed human connection mm-hmm. and i needed people who had walked the road before me um and so dating back to 2015 um i knew i needed I was getting sober and I was utilizing um, 12 step programs and I I could stay sober for an hour at an AA meeting, Mm -hmm. but it was that in between time that was tripping me up. Um, And so I I scheduled a hike, uh, just a hike on my Facebook page. Um, And people came out, people, uh, about 10 people came out on that first hike. And I was kind of surprised. There was eight people in recovery. And, and they're like, this is awesome. Why don't we do this again? And so I did. I, I kept on scheduling these hikes. Um, and more and more people came out. Um, people were craving that, that human connection, yeah. you know. Um, and so what started as just a simple idea, hey, let's get out in the woods and walk together, um, turned into something. Um, and I founded Recovery Fitness, which is a nonprofit in Rochester um, that we've modeled air after. So um, with Recovery, we started adding events, art, music, uh, workouts. Eventually, we had something going on every day for anything you can think of. And the community responded. Yeah. Um, I left Recovery in 2020, and Ann Domingos the CEO at CASA reached out to me and asked me to start a recovery program for CASA. Um, and that's what we've been doing. So I've modeled this program after recovery um, and immediately saw success mm-hmm. in the Southern tier. Mm-hmm. Um, because anywhere you go, you know, going out to these different outpatient groups and inpatient groups and presenting this program, the number one thing I hear is there's nothing to do. Um, and it's killing people literally. Um, and so, you know, with air, we provide people with things to do, people who are heading in the right direction. And we go and explore these beautiful places. You know, we've, we've gone and explored probably every waterfall in Western New York (laughs) since last year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There are a lot. Um, so I just want to ask, like, how do you set that? scope like geographically or you know if if someone finds out about you that and they're outside of the region like how does that work in terms of how people are finding you or how they're participating in these activities so the good thing about air and casa is that casa is growing um and their reach is pretty incredible um and since we've established, you know, this air in Livingston and Steuben counties, Anne wants it to be everywhere that Casa is. Mm-hmm. So Casa's in Olean County, uh, Casa's in Tioga, Casa's in Serre, PA, um, and Casa's growing. So anywhere that Casa touches, air will be. Um, so, and with that, you know, we have these other airs that are popping up. We have Air Chemung that's popping up. I'm told I pronounce that wrong all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Air Chemung that, that's popping up. We have Air Tioga that's popping up. Air Cataragas. And these are things that are coming into to fruition as we speak. 
um, they've already started hosting events. So um, to find us, all you have to do is go on um, our Facebook pages. If you type in Air Southern Tier Adventures in Recovery, it'll pop up. If you type in Air Chemung County Adventures in Recovery, it'll pop up. Um, and the easiest way to find those events is just by clicking on the events tab on our Facebook page, and you'll find all the information right there. Awesome. That's fantastic. And um, who is this for? I mean, I, I obviously, you know, people who are in different stages of recovery, um, but that moment of asking for help that you talked about a few minutes ago um, comes at a different point for everyone, and it comes at a different stage in recovery or addiction for everyone. So um, sometimes when people hear about programs like this, they might think, well, I'm, I haven't hit rock bottom, or I'm not a daily drinker, or I am a daily drinker, but not all day, and well, now it's all day, you know, and it, it's like, at what stage do you recommend people reach out, um, and is there a recommendation, or is it just like up to the individual? So I, I, I liked your question, who is this for? Um, it's for anyone. Um, you know, I was at the center the other day, and we have an air youth clubhouse attached to Adventures in Recovery. So there's two programs that operate out of our center in Dansville. Um, we have the, the recovery program, we have the prevention program, and they integrate quite nicely. Um, so this program is for anyone. You know, anyone with 48 hours of continuous sobriety is welcome to join us. And the 48 hour rule is only a safety measure. You know, you don't want people showing up um, who are still under the influence. It, it could be triggering for folks. Mm -hmm. um, but recognizing where, you know, someone may need help, that's up to them. Our doors are always open. And with that 48-hour rule, they can walk through those doors with anybody. You know, it could be a mom, a dad, a brother, a sister, a boyfriend, a girlfriend. doesn't matter who you need to bring to lessen your fear about walking through that door because sometimes that door weighs a thousand pounds you know i remember getting sober um and pulling into a parking lot for an aa meeting and i, I just sat in the parking lot i couldn't get through the front door you know i just sat in my part in my car and and i was sweating because mm -hmm. i was so anxious um and the beauty about air is you can bring whoever you want with you um, and they're welcome to participate. So we're designed for people in recovery, but we're meant for the community at large. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I have to say, I mean, I love the idea that it's about just showing up, doing an activity. Um, it's not forcing someone into some level of vulnerability. You know, AA meetings can be intimidating where you have to introduce yourself or your background or not, but like still, you're in a pretty intense setting as opposed to being outside and art and music and, and hiking and the things that you're talking about just seem like um, lower hurdles for participation. And was that the goal going in? I know you're talking about your experience and, and seeing people just kind of react to your invitation to, to go out and hike, but um, was that your goal going in to kind of reduce that, that barrier for participation? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we want to make it as welcoming as possible. Um, we support multiple pathways to recovery. So however anyone chooses to get sober, that's up to them. 
we just have the peers in place who have gotten sober in a multitude of ways. It could have been through AA, it could have been through Smart Recovery, which is an online tool. Mm -hmm. It could have been through Refuge Recovery, it could have been through church. However anyone's getting sober is up to them. We provide them with these activities, but we also provide them with multiple meetings, mm -hmm. self-help groups at the center. So we're welcoming safe space for anyone in any stage of their life or recovery. Um, and like I said, they don't necessarily have to be in recovery if they're struggling with anything. Everyone's in recovery from something. Yeah. I was talking to a kid the other day at the center and he's like, I really want to go on this hike with you guys. I, I want to see this waterfall. Um, but isn't Meg a drug dealer and she's going to come on this hike? And I said, no, Meg's a person in recovery. She's just trying to get healthy, you know, um, just like me. And I shared a little bit about my story with this young kid. And he's like, okay. And I said, everyone's in recovery from something. You know, we've all struggled with something in our past. And he said to me, um, like when my, my mom beat me, like I'm in recovery from that. And I said, exactly right. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. we all are in recovery from something. It doesn't have to be some huge life event. It just could be some small trauma in your past. You're recovering. So we all are in recovery, um, whether uh, we know it or not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and I've been hearing and reading about, you know, people in professions like therapists or preachers or where they're in a position to hear from a lot of people that they're starting to get burnt out because of the numbers just skyrocketing since COVID began and um, since that level of isolation began. And and now, you know, it's people sort of on, on that second or even first uh, layer of defense you know, they've been a sounding board for everyone else around them and they've dealt with so much stress and trauma secondhand that it's starting to affect them as well. So everyone, I love that um, idea that everyone is, is recovering from something. And, you know, we welcome everyone, like I said, and we see these, these helpers that are coming out, that are burnt out, that need something more, mm -hmm. that need that connection. Mm -hmm. They might not be in recovery, but they need something more in their life. Mm -hmm. And they come out and they explore these waterfalls with us. They go kayaking with us. They form re lasting relationships with people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, being in the military and coming back from overseas, you walk into a room of veterans and you see like an immediate bond formed with these soldiers, Marines, whoever, mm -hmm. um, because they've walked a common path. And it's the same thing with people in recovery. They come out just for a hike or whatever it may be, but they connect with someone who has walked the road that they've walked and that, that bond is formed immediately and strengthened over time through these activities. Now, I typically ask on this podcast um, of the guest, you know, who has been a mentor for you or who has has made an impact on on your life specifically um, and I want to ask you the same thing um, but I also want to preface it by saying that it sounds like if I ask a lot of people who have been on these hikes or part of this program that you would be the answer for them that you've been that person for a lot of people um, 
And I just want to say that out loud and recognize that, you know, the work that you're doing is more than just planning these hikes. It's, it's so important for so many people, but who's been that person for you and, and who's inspired you to either do this work or, um, just kind of been, you know, like a mentor for you in, in this, uh, journey that you've been on. So that is a really good question. And I, I guess I have multiple answers to that. Um, the people in recovery, mm -hmm. people in recovery are that person, you know, um, being in the military, I thought that I had met like some of the toughest guys and women in the world. And I did, I met some really strong individuals. Um, but entering recovery and meeting these people who had been through their own personal hell and walked through and made it to the other side and are, want to give back. It's like watching them motivates me to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of recovery. You come into this thing and you can only get so far in your recovery and you can't go much further unless you reach back and you help that next person. Yeah. And that's what this thing does. We provide people in recovery the opportunity to be leaders in their own community. Um, and they are, they're leaders. And I look up to them mm -hmm. just as much as they may look up to me. Mm -hmm. um, and also, <laughs> I want to mention Anne. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, what a powerhouse that woman is. Yeah, we had her on a previous episode of, of Secrets and Service. Too. Yeah. yeah. And I, I just believe in her vision. You know, she has this vision of, of a whole health community. Mm -hmm. You know, CASA is not just doing recovery and treatment and prevention. It's also doing mental health. So people get wraparound services. And Anne has put the right people, I believe, in place. You got the Amy's. You got the Robert Growlings. You got the Dave Bryson's. You got the Britney's. You got the right people yeah. in place and watching it grow. Um, it's just been magical, really. Um, it, it's been really cool to watch. Um, and awesome to hear. Yeah. Yeah. And I imagine that Anne was just as excited to hear about this program and to bring it under the CASA umbrella. Um, you know, as someone personally who, uh, seeks refuge in some ways by by going outdoors year round uh by hiking and and spending nights in the mountains that's that's mental health for me you know that's that's something that i'm not sure how i would uh get by without those opportunities so when you mention those wraparound services it sounds like what you're doing is just so perfectly in line with CASA's mission and um, and brings all of those elements of it together from mental health to recovery to building a network, um, you know, and, and, and then just having fun. Like that's such a big part of it, right? Yeah. Having fun in recovery. You know, the, the public's perception of addiction recovery um, I, sometimes I believe it's just tainted. You know, they drive down the expressway and they see these billboards that say the faces of meth. And that's what they associate with people who are in recovery or struggling with addiction. And that's not it. Yeah. You know, um, I encourage everyone, go to our Facebook page, check out the photos, and you'll see what recovery can actually look like. Um, big smiling faces, families healing together, people having fun. Um, communities formed um it's a beautiful thing recovery really is a beautiful thing 
Awesome. That is the note I want to end on because I think that's just so powerful. Um, Sean, it's been really great to, to chat with you and to learn more about this. Um, and we'll share links to the Facebook page um, and any other resources in the show notes for this episode. Um, but is there anything else that you want to add or, or uh, anything else that you want to say? Oof, probably so many things. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, no, I just encourage anyone to come out. If you have a particular skill set that you want to share with the community, reach out to me on the Facebook page. Just message us. Um, or you can email me at smith at casa-trinity.org. And, and we'll see how we can utilize your talent to, um, to provide that human connection that we we're speaking of. Um, and that's what we do. We utilize our members as, as volunteers to host these events. Yeah. Um, creating leaders in our own community. So like big part of the work that we do is just rallying, rallying the community, not just the recovery community to support what we're doing. Yeah. So. Well, thanks so much for all you're doing and for your time today. Thank you. It's great to be on. And thank you so much for listening to Secrets in Service, nonprofit stories from the Southern Finger Lakes. This podcast is made possible by Arbor Housing and Development and by the Corning Area Chamber of Commerce Nonprofit Roundtable. You can learn more on our website at secretsinservice.org or follow along on our Facebook page at Secrets in Service. Until the next episode, thanks so much for listening.
No, I was just trying to think of like how to lead into that. Um, so, uh, okay. So you mentioned you want to share a story and I, I want to make sure that people hear this. So please. Yeah. Um, so with what we do, uh, we, we scheduled a, an Adirondack trip and it was a winter trip. Um, white face mountain. Um, it, it was rather difficult, five miles up, five miles down. Um, and a girl showed up. She had barely the 48 hours sober. She didn't even know if she was an alcoholic or not. Um, she was sober curious, but she saw the event on Facebook, thought she might have a problem, and she came out. Um, and I was doing the gear checks the night before. Um, we went and hiked this mountain, and I'm checking her gear, and it's all the right stuff. North Face this, Patagonia that. And I'm like, this girl's good to go. She's never come up with us before, but she's good to go. Um, she knows what she's doing. Um, and we got out on the trail the next day, and we got about half mile in, and she was not good. <laughs> she stopped, and um, she started crying. And she said, this is, this is too hard. You guys are, are better than me. You guys go ahead. I'm going to go back to the car where it's comfortable and, and, and wait for you guys. Um, and I said, no, you are good enough. <laughs> you can do this. Um, why don't you get to the mile mark and see how you feel? And she's like, okay, I can do that. Um, and so she got to the mile mark and it was the same deal. Um, I'm not good enough. Um, I'm slowing you guys down. You guys go ahead, have fun. I'm going to go back to the car where it's comfortable. Um, and I said, well, you can do it. <laughs> it was the same deal, same speech. Um, and I asked her to get to the halfway point, 2.5 miles. Um, and she agreed. And we got to the two and a half mile mark, and it was the same business. Um, and But by this point, everyone else on the trip, and we had about 10 people with us, um, heard what was going on and it was so cool to watch them rally around her, um, take the water out of her backpack, cross load all her gear. I think somebody actually took her backpack at one point and they walked her up this mountain. Um, and I tell this story because isn't that recovery? We have this huge daunting task in front of us that looks next to impossible and we're not sure if we can do it. We probably can't do it in our minds, right? Mm -hmm. um, but you have these people who have walked the road that believe in you, that tell you you're good enough, um, and, and walk along with you as you walk through that fear. Um, and the coolest thing about this story is that girl <laughs> became a part of our community, and she stayed sober. She's sober to this day. So That's um, awesome. And, and I love that you shared that she had all the right stuff in there. It's like, that's part of it, right? It's like, you have all the tools. It's not, you're, everyone is capable of that. Right, right. I, I love that story because it just relates to recovery. And I, I see that story all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a hike that might be semi-difficult and there's somebody that says, I can't make it. Somebody that might cry. Um, and not that all of our stuff is super difficult because it's not, but, um, you know, it, it, sometimes it's challenging. 
and and people doubt themselves and it's so cool in every instance i watch these people rally around this person and get them through it and to watch the person's face light up when they complete this task um is just amazing it's a gift yeah so thank you for sharing that that's um and i'm glad that we recorded that too yeah um 